We're going to be in Hebrews 12, 1 tonight. Marathon runners, when they run their marathon, they reach a point at which they hit a wall. And when they hit that wall, there is no second wind. There is no feeling better. It is simply grueling willpower <laughs> that gets you across the finish line after you hit that wall. Uh, sometimes life is like that. We, we uh, go along and things seem to be going well and we, we hit a wall and it seems like we come to the end of our emotional resource or perhaps even spiritually we, we're at an end of ourselves and, and we just need the Lord. And uh, whether it's a physical trial or whatever kind of trial it may be, um, we need uh, God's help in this, and God is willing to supply it. And I'm so grateful for that. Uh, he, he said, my God and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Uh, he is faithful to do that. But he calls us to make the choice to persevere and to finish the race. Uh, he, he gives us the ability through the Holy Spirit, but we've got to make the choice to persevere in the work that God has called us to do. So uh, if you look with me, um, the, the title of my message is How to Finish Well, and uh, we need to persevere through the power of the Holy Spirit. And look with me at verse 1 of Hebrews 12. It says, Therefore, since we have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. Uh, so how to finish well. Uh, what counsel does he give us? Well, first of all, uh, he tells us to consider the faithful. He says, therefore, since we have a, such a large cloud of witnesses. Now, of course... Uh, we're, we're not sure if people have, have theorized about uh, who these witnesses are. Uh, we know that we've got at least three of them, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Uh, but uh, it seems like that God is saying that there are others who have gone on before us, perhaps those in Hebrews 11, who've done such a great job serving Him and persevering in their faith, who uh, have a glimpse of what is happening and the things that are being done and uh, we're not sure exactly how all that works, but uh, he tells us to consider uh, these who have gone before. We've got all of these witnesses who've gone before. Uh, consider them. Consider what they've done. Consider how they've been faithful. Uh, consider how they persevered in persecution. And let it motivate you and comfort you. I, you know, I love to read the stories of Abraham and Moses and Elijah and uh, all of them uh, served God during difficult times, and all of them persevered uh, for God in those times, uh, and God would, would speak to them, and he would comfort them and encourage them, and he would deliver them. And uh, you know, there's so much that is instructive as you think back to those things that God has done. Um, he gave Moses the grace to deal with 2,000 grumbling people, and uh, he, he gave Elijah the grace to deal with a murderous queen and uh, a wicked king uh, who couldn't stand him. 
Uh, he provided for Elijah with, brook, uh, with a brook, and then the, the ravens came and brought him food. Uh, then from a, a poor widow who was fixing her last meal, uh, God just took care of them in so many ways. Uh, as they persevered, God was there, right there with them. Uh, I think of Joseph, and God had a purpose for Joseph's life, and, but his, his brothers sold him into slavery. Uh, then he's in Potiphar's house. It says the Lord was with him. Uh, he's promoted, and he does well, and uh, then he's falsely accused and thrown into prison. But guess what? It says the Lord was with him, and he is promoted in the prison, and he's helping uh, the, the keeper of the prison there. Um, he uh, interacts with some of Pharaoh's people, and then ultimately, after a long period of waiting, is exalted and ends up saving his own people and the land of Egypt and the region uh, through the work that God does through his life. God was with him at every single step of the way, and he provided what he needed. Uh, so consider those who've gone before. Consider the cloud of witnesses uh, who have seen these things before, uh, and they have, have gone through these things by faith, and God has supplied what they've needed. We can do it. Um, I, I was reading uh, earlier today about Sarah. You remember when the messengers came to Abraham, and they're saying, Sarah's, you know, Sarah's going to bear a child at this time next year. And she's in there in the tent. Is this really going to happen to me? Don't you know how old I am? And uh, uh, the angel says, uh, well, hey, 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 wait a second here. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? And so as we consider these who've gone before, and, and we, know, we know the story, God supernaturally gave her what he promised. Sometimes we think, well, God could never use me to do such and so, and or, or uh, this, is, this is impossible. For this to change, this is impossible. But God is able. So consider those faithful ones who have gone before and, and their service for God. Uh, how to finish well, consider the faithful. Secondly, put aside the hindrances. Put aside the hindrances. If you look at verse 1, he says, Let us lay aside every hindrance. Let us lay aside every hindrance. Um, sometimes people can take this to extreme. Uh, Paul Powell told a story one time. He's, he's, he's getting ready to go on vacation, and one of his members said, Well, the devil doesn't go on vacation. And he said, well, first of all, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, uh, I didn't know that I was supposed to follow the example of the devil. Secondly, if I didn't go on vacation, I'd be as mean as he is. And so, you know, but some people think, well, you know, never, never take a break, never, never do anything uh, other than serve the Lord. And I think that is a recipe for burnout and uh, crashing and burning uh, because God has designed us with a need for rest. And so there's nothing wrong with taking rest. Uh, there's nothing wrong with doing things uh, that, um, you know, kind of re rejuvenate you and refresh you. Uh, but there are times when God is so crowded out of our lives 
that we can't fulfill the purpose that God has called us to fulfill because we're just too busy doing other things. In those cases, God may begin to put his finger on something. Uh, we had some friends in Texas, and uh, she, she'd come up here to visit one time, and she was telling us about her son, that uh, he had pot-bellied pigs. And uh, he kept those pot-bellied pigs, and he, I think he took them to shows. I didn't even know they had shows for pot-bellied pigs. But he took him to shows. He did all these things with these pigs. And one day, God convicted him about his pigs. And he told his mom, he said, I'm getting rid of my pigs. She said, why? He said, you love the, the, your pigs. So why are you getting rid of your pigs? Well, God has shown me that they have become more important than my service for him. And it's time to get rid of them. And so he did. And he, and he rejoiced in serving the Lord. And uh, so I don't, I don't know uh, what God may put his finger on in your life, but it is good sometimes to take stock of what we're doing in our lives and is God in first place and am I doing what God has called me to do or have the other things of this world begin to crowd out my service for Christ? Uh, one thing is true, if you're going to run a race and you're going to finish it, especially a marathon, you've got to train. You've got to be there every day doing that work of training. Um, and so he compares the Christian life to a race, which says, hey, we've got to regularly be in the Word of God. We've got to regularly be with God's people to get the strength that we need to be refreshed so that we can fulfill the purposes that God has called us to fulfill. So we've got to lay aside those hindrances in our lives. And uh, if you've got small kids, that may mean getting out of the house <laughs> so that you can, uh, you can think straight to... Uh, to uh, do, do the work that God's called you to do. But whatever the case, uh, put aside those hindrances. So uh, consider the faithful, put aside the hindrances, beware of the sin. He says, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Uh, literally, uh, it isn't like it's a specific sin that, that easily ensnares us, but every kind of sin that, that could potentially easily ensnare us um, we've got to be aware of sin creeping into our lives if we're going to finish our race well none of us are perfect and all of us will fail but we've got to keep our eyes open so that sin doesn't rob us of God's best um, you know what sin was it that caused Adam and Eve to be thrown out of the garden they ate a piece of fruit doesn't seem like that big a deal right I do that just about every day I eat a piece of fruit but the problem was it was a disobedience to God. That was the only thing. That was the only thing they had to worry about, obedience. Yeah, they had no other law of God to follow. They were innocent, kind of like a child's innocent. Um, and that God had only given them one thing to do. And they disobeyed, and everything changed. Sometimes sin may seem small in our life, but... Sin quenches the Holy Spirit, and sin robs us of power, so it's never small. Um, it may be better than another sin you could commit, okay, because there are differences in sins. Uh, but as far as the effect on our spiritual life and, and the running of our race, sin is something to deal with decisively, quickly, um, confess it to God. That's the first step. 
uh, ask God to give you a heart to genuinely repent uh, of that sin and then make that choice to repent of that sin and surrender yourself and, and uh, ask God to help you trust him uh, so that you could walk in that victory in your life. And it's so important because sin will cut off the power. I remember uh, as a mechanic I'd gone out and they took, I was pretty new at, at, at the base where I was and they'd sent me out to... Uh, test uh, a Dash 86 generator, and uh, I went out there, and I pushed the start button, and nothing happened. And uh, being the creative uh, mechanic that I was, I was like, I pushed the button again <laughs> just to see if, if it would start. Nothing happened. And uh, uh, finally, I, I walked back into the shop. I said, it wouldn't start up. And he said, did you, did you hook up the battery? No. No, I, I did. I did. Well, go check the battery and see if it's hooked up. Well, sure enough, that's what it was. I hooked. Yeah, I was kind of embarrassed. I hooked up the battery, pushed the button, and boom, started right up. Many many Christians don't have God's power and don't have God's joy because they got the battery disconnected. Their sin has cut off. Uh, the fellowship and the power of God in their life, even though God's presence, His blessing and His power is uh, hindered through their sin. So uh, take those sins seriously um, and beware of them. Uh, the sin that so easily besets us. It, the idea is kind of that it's laid around us. It's like, a, you know, uh, it's like one of those really committed fishermen that I've seen from time to time. You know, he's got six or seven fishing poles. He's got one bait here, one bait here, one bait here, one bait here, one bait here. It's all around. You know, those fish are probably like, man, what a smorgasbord. Um, but that sin, the enemy will try to put those things around us and draw us astray. And sometimes will take us down a path of destruction. So uh, if you want to finish your race well, beware of the sin. So how to finish your race well? Consider the faithful. Put aside hindrances, beware of the sin. Thirdly, persevere, or excuse me, fourthly, persevere in the race. Verse 1, let us run with endurance. Let us persevere. Don't quit. Persevere. Sometimes running is pleasant if you're in shape. Okay, I, I remember I first started running um, a, a number of years ago. I got out there, and I mean, it was pure misery. Every step I took was pure misery. So I, I've gotten in a little better shape, and sometimes I go out and I enjoy it. I, I'm in the sunshine. It's a beautiful day. I'm enjoying it. But it's not always enjoyable. Sometimes I get a side stitch. Sometimes I uh, do something to a foot or, you know, uh, especially when you get older, you notice those things, right? <laughs> but uh, uh, it's not. And, and sometimes you just have to, when there's difficulty, you just have to persevere. A lot of times I don't feel like running. I get home and I'm thinking, boy, that recliner looks good. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I just don't want to run and and sometimes I give in to that temptation and I head for the recliner. 
But other times, I will go out and run anyway. Guess what? Nobody ever finishes a race sitting on a recliner. <laughs> so we got to persevere. Keep on doing You know, sometimes uh, people will do something for the Lord, and they'll be very excited at the beginning. But then comes along criticism. And they get discouraged by the criticism, and they, they quit, or they continue, but they don't continue with the same le- level of effort or enthusiasm. Um, sometimes uh, we just get tired, don't we? We need to refresh him. Um, and we can go to the Lord for that, and we can come to him with our, with our burdens, with our, with our struggles, and he can give us the grace that we need. But sometimes it's just putting one foot in front of the other and serving God. Sometimes it's just hard. Um, I remember um, one, one particular season at my last church, and things had been very difficult very difficult and just was I was emotionally drained and and uh, the song uh, came on I, I think I had gotten a new CD by uh, Sela and the song came on uh, called We Press On and we sang that a few weeks ago I think in uh, in church and but that uh, in Jesus when when the when the valley is is deep when the mountain is steep uh, when we stumble and fall, in Jesus' name we press on. And I, I just heard that, and the tears just began to flow because it had been such a struggle. Have you ever been there? Sometimes you just got to put one foot in front of the other and keep going. Persevere and get to the other side. And, you know, uh, we know that our effort in the Lord is not in vain, right? First Corinthians 15 tells us that. Uh, we know that we're going to receive a reward one day uh, for the things we've done for Christ. We also know that every day of our lives is written in this book. Even the difficult days, even the hard days, even the days we don't want to face, every day is written in his book and has a purpose. We may not understand it. We may not know why, but God does. Sometimes it's so that we can grow and learn how to reflect the character of our Savior. But we persevere. So he says, he says uh, run with endurance. And then finally, uh, to finish well, remember the call. My translation kind of obscures this. It says the, the race that lies before us, literally it's, it's passive. The race laid before us and I like that because it means that my path in life is not an accident in the eyes of God and neither is yours God lays a specific path before us and if it's his path he's got a purpose for it and if it's his path he's going to be with us to help us walk it and if it's his path, that you, guess what? We've been prepared for that path. Um, I like what Ephesians says. We are his workmanship. Poema, the result of what he has done. God has crafted us. He has designed us. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to walk in them. 
So it's all part of the plan of God. God has designed us for that plan. God is with us in that plan. It has been laid before us. So we remember his call. Uh, you say, well, I'm not a preacher. I, what about, what are you talking about call for me? I, I'm not a preacher. I wasn't called to preach. Well, I understand that, but the Bible says that all of us are called. Romans 8 talks about that. Uh, we are called to God's purpose. Uh, we are his workmanship created unto good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. So God has called, he may not have called you to preach, but he has called you to something. Remember what God has done in your life, what he's gifted you with, and continue to serve him in whatever capacity he's called you to serve him. Um, I, I say remember the call. God calls us to faith as well. He calls us through his Holy Spirit. Um, he, he calls us with a purpose. And if we remember the purpose of God, that he has called us to his purpose, it gives us strength to continue on. There have been times in my ministry that I've questioned, did I make the right decision? Okay. <laughs> have you ever been there? What am I doing in this situation, God? Um, I, I, have, I have wondered, should I do something else? I've heard other preachers talk about that too, by the way. Uh, we have these thoughts, and you know what I go back to? God's called me. I didn't choose this vocation. God chose it for me. The same thing is true for, you, you may not be called to vocational ministry, but you're called to God's purpose. And so as God reveals his purpose to you, recognize that as his call. And go back to that when you are struggling in your spiritual journey. His race has been laid before us. Now, God knew us before the beginning of time. That kind of blows my mind just a little bit. It says he foreknew us. And by the way, you can say that word without being a Calvinist, okay? <laughs> so don't... Uh, why are you a Calvinist? Yeah. Okay, well, and nothing wrong with Calvinists, okay, but I just, uh, uh, I, you know, I do believe that God saw me before time began. Isn't that an amazing thought? You know, I'm a little speck in the universe, but God saw me and set me apart. I love uh, what the scripture says. Uh, uh, Paul is speaking, he says, that, he says, before I was born, I was set apart for God's purpose. Isn't that, talk about meaning in life. You know, I, the, world, the world has nothing like that. You know, if you, if you live out in the world and you believe evolution, you believe you're a cosmic accident, you have no purpose. But if you're created in the image of God, fashioned for his purpose, he knew you before creation even took place. He had a purpose for you. That is truly remarkable. He called you to himself in salvation. He calls you in a relationship. 
and he calls you to be conformed to the image of his son um, and, and to fulfill his purpose in life. Uh, go back to that. Remember God's purpose. This is not an accident. This, all the things that take place, even the mistakes we make, God uses for good. You know how I know that? Romans 8, 28 says so. God works all things together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. All things, even my sin, even my mistakes, even my failure, even my weakness, God works all things together for good. He's laid the path in front of me, and he is, I, lo- I like what uh, uh, Adrian Rogers said one time. He said he could take a crooked arrow and shoot it straight. I like that because a lot of times I felt like I'm the crooked arrow. How about you? Okay. Uh, God, God can use us. He's laid this path before. Remember the call of God. Remember his purpose in your life. And let it motivate you to keep on keeping on when the going gets tough and to finish well. Um, the enemy is against us. He seeks to destroy us as we seek to fulfill our purpose for God. Um, But guess what? He's a defeated foe. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Uh, I was was listening to a message this afternoon, and the guy was talking about Martin Luther, and they asked him, Martin Luther, why would you get married? And he said, to spite the devil. (laughs) Which is kind of a long story, but I just thought that was great. Uh, So, you know, uh, the devil is a defeated foe. Circumstances may be difficult, but is there anything too hard for the Lord? Listen, I want to tell you something. We serve an awesome God. And he can get us from point A to point B. And what does the scripture say? Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Listen, I tell you what, I wouldn't have come to God without Jesus. I can't stay where I need to be without him right now, okay? And one day he's going he's gonna to seal the deal and he's going to catch me up in glory. He is the author and the finisher of my faith. I'm this, this much of the equation. He's the vast ocean. So... Keep on keeping on. Keep trusting God. Keep doing what God has called you to do, and you will finish well. Lift up your eyes in faith. We didn't get this far, but uh, verse 2 says, keeping our eyes on Jesus. That that is what we've got to do. When, When things get difficult, lift up your eyes, right? When, when, when it's hard, uh, it's amazing. We will look around. We'll get so distressed as we look around at the different things in our lives sometimes. But then we begin to refocus. Maybe it's through prayer and thanksgiving. Maybe it's through worship. And we begin to sing about the glory of God. Or maybe it's through reading the scripture. And we begin to once again refocus our minds upon the things of God. But we begin to look at him. And when we look at him, the things of this world get smaller. We were studying Sunday school this morning about just the incredible power of Jesus 
who, you know, the centurion, he says, he says uh, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. Uh, just say the word, and my servant will be healed. That's what Jesus does. He just speaks. Long distance healing. You know, you don't have to put your hand on the screen. <laughs> Jesus can just speak. Is that not amazing? A few verses later, it says they were bringing all these people who were sick and demon-possessed. He cast out the demons with a word. He just spoke. I want to tell you something. Jesus doesn't need an elaborate uh, ritual to get the devil leaving. Okay? All he has to do is speak. Wow. Sometimes we forget that. I have forgotten that at times in the van of Pastor. So, um, how to finish well, consider the faithful, put aside the hindrances, beware of the sin, persevere in the race, and remember the call. And won't it be wonderful one day to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I'm ready. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> All right. Let's go, Lord, in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us a race to run. Lord, you've given us so, such a great significance, Lord, in your kingdom. And whatever we do, God, to have a role in your eternal kingdom is such an amazing thing. Help us fulfill that role, God, uh, by faith. Help us keep our eyes on you. Help us keep going. And help us get to the other side, Father, and look back at all you've done and be able to praise and exalt your name for all that you've done. Thank you that you are faithful. You're still the same God who's done all the wonderful things we read about in Scripture. Thank you that you answer prayer. Thank you that you don't leave us. Thank you that you're always sufficient. Lord, help us persevere in you to the glory of your great name. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.